the day. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, merciful Father, since you have wakened from death the shepherd of your sheep, grant us your Holy Spirit that when we hear the voice of our shepherd, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading following along in the book of Acts in the second chapter. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. In our epistle reading, Again, from Peter's letter in the second chapter. For this is a gracious thing, when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if, when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Now I invite you to rise and honor the gospel from John's gospel in the 10th chapter. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, That man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door 
is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. They will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the gospel of our Lord. From God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for gathering us together into your presence around your word to receive your gifts. We pray you move by your spirit, remove distractions from our hearts and minds as we rest in your care, your good son's care, our good shepherd, and know that his promises for us are true. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, most of you in this crowd remember a day and age when phones didn't have screens or caller ID, or even had to actually be physically attached to a wall and they didn't get to, you know, sit in your pocket because that would have been absolutely ridiculous. There was no way that was going to work at all. Some of you have never seen that day, but you've seen in antique stores and vintage stores these, these phones um, that have buttons and no screens, or they have dials, and you have to pick up a piece that has like a microphone on one end and a speaker on the other end and hold on to them, these old vintage things that you didn't get to know who was calling you at any point in time. And every single time there was a phone call, you didn't even get to know what phone number was calling. So you actually had to pick it up in full mystery and wonder, who is it that's calling? And this was actually back in a day and age where more people than salesmen called. When more actual people than robots called and you actually got to talk to somebody and know that the voice on the other end was a familiar voice that wanted to know how your day was going. And you had to say things like, hello, this is the Canals household, who is this? Instead of, oh, hey, what's going on? It's so good to see you calling, right? Because you had no idea. But the sound of that voice, on the other end, was always a joy in the day. Whether it was late in the day or earlier on, you got to hear a voice of someone that you had been longing to hear from more often than not. Somebody checking in, somebody to plan something, because you didn't get to just text them. You actually had to communicate and talk and use our voices. Sometimes those voices would be hard to hear. Someone would be calling to let us know of something tragic that was happening or have a hard question to walk through. But nonetheless, to hear those voices was always good. And we still have that joy. We just get it a little preemptively when we get to see who's calling, right? Because then we can go, I don't want to listen to that voice right now. <laughs> we can set that down to the side. Or we can say, oh, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. We run away from whatever we're doing. But the mystery to it is a little gone. This saddens me a little bit. 
the surprise of that voice. It's always fun. Now, the words we heard today, we hear the voice of our shepherd. Those words are comforting, right? I am the good shepherd. I take care of my sheep. I protect them. I bring them in to the sheepfold, and I lead them out into good pasture, and I will be with them when they're out and with them when they're in, and take care of my sheep, for I am the good shepherd. Such beautiful words to hear from the perspective of the sheep, anyway. But those words, when he spoke them, were spoken in accusation and contention. You've got to go back a few weeks of our readings and remember when we were walking through with the blind guy that Jesus healed that nobody trusted that the blind guy was actually the blind guy and they kept questioning him and they said, well, it kind of looks like him. I wonder if it's him. And he's saying, it's me. I'm the one that's been blind since birth and here I am and you won't listen to me, right? They had to call the parents in and the Pharisees were there and everybody was questioning it and they were wondering who did it and all kinds of different things. But it's during that conversation that the Pharisees then, again, are having a hard time seeing and hearing Jesus. So in this whole conversation about blind receiving sight and all these other questions about who can really see by faith and not see by faith and all of these things, we get a voice. Voices aren't dependent upon sight. You don't have to see the person to know their voice. And here comes this voice into the conversation. Jesus, standing before the Pharisees, for questioning his validity, he says, oh, look, I'm the good shepherd. Everyone else who's come before me, they've been thieves and robbers, Pharisees. And we can add to that a little bit, too, if you remember one of our Acts readings about all the folks that the Pharisees were saying came in the Messiah's place. All these voices that would lead the sheep astray. All these voices that would say, no, no, I'm here for your good. When really they meant, oh, no, 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 you're here for my good. And they would want to take things from the sheep, lead the sheep away from caring places and lead them away into uh, not-so-good pastures lead them into places where there would be harm. So all these voices that would lead them away, Jesus walks into that conversation and says, no, I'm the good shepherd. Okay. Well, we weren't in that original audience necessarily. But we still have to wonder a little bit, what voices do we listen to? What voices are the ones that guide us? What voices are the ones that we follow? What voices are the ones that we trust in? What voices are the ones that we think are really the good and beneficial voices? And it's so hard to tell sometimes. It's a challenge. It really is a challenge to listen because so many voices sound so good. And it usually comes with time and experience before we start to learn or realize whether or not that voice is there for our good or that voice is seeking our presence for its own good. And so as you hear the different voices in life, as Adam and Eve had heard God's voice, and then they heard Satan's voice, a voice that sounded so good, a voice that was so tempting, a voice that was 
really building them up for what they were really created for and just twisting that original voice of God just a little bit where it sounded like it was a beneficial thing. Until, of course, they followed it, found out that it was really leading them away from God. But see, it's those voices that we have to be pretty discerning about. And it's not an easy task by any means. I mean, think of all the voices you hear every day, not just the ones from Christian family and friends, but all of the voices throughout all of the world, all of the voices in media, all of the voices in print, all of the voices of teachers, all of the voices of folks from every different perspective of life. And we start to try and weigh and wonder what voice is actually a good leading voice and what voices are going to support us and strengthen us in faith. Because there's lots of voices vying for your ear. But there's one voice that actually cares for you. And man, how good it would have been to be able to know exactly what that voice sounds like. To know that when the other end of the phone uh, picks up or when you pick up your end of the phone and they speak into the other end of the phone, how nice it would be to hear that voice of Jesus and just know, oh, that's the voice I can trust. That's the one. I know it by the tone. I know it by the inflection. I know what his voice sounds like. And to tell you the truth, I, I don't. I don't know what that voice sounds like. There's lots of, huh, you don't have to take me to a psychologist. There's lots of voices that roll in my head. I had to preemptively say that. <laughs> but we start to wonder every now and then, how come Jesus' voice may sound like our own voice? How come Satan's voice may sound like our own voice? It's really hard to split those apart at times because we don't know what that voice actually sounds like. But we do know what it says, and that's an important thing. Because that voice of Jesus speaks so many different things. And that voice of Jesus, in the very same conversation as the one he's having with the Pharisees, speaks in accusation to those that need to hear the law, and it speaks in comfort to those who are broken by the law and need to hear the good gospel. Same words coming out of his mouth are breaking down the Pharisees and lifting up this blind man that said, yep, that's the guy. That's the Messiah. That's him. Think about that blind man for just a second. He knew Jesus' voice. He knew it before he ever even saw him. Oh, there's comfort in that. Because you know what Jesus' voice says. And you've never seen it. You see him in the hands and the actions and the smiles of your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. You actually hear his voice through their voice also as they care for you as they provide for you. In those times when we're broken, as we hear that voice lead us, lead us back to the forgiveness that he promises us. Lead us back into the good pastures that he says, here, come, feed. You are protected. I will protect you from those who are trying to strip you away from God's promises. I'm here to keep the wolves away. I'm here to keep Satan away. Because Jesus is the good shepherd. And that even carries a lot more weight than just one who leads sheep. See, that's hearkening back to the days of the prophets 
when they're looking for kings. And the kings would be talked about with this shepherd language. And there's a moment where God speaks into the lives of the people of Israel and he says, I will lead my people. I will bring them where they need to be. I will protect them and I will be their shepherd. So when Jesus stands in front of the Pharisees and says, hey, under shepherds, you were here for a while, but you haven't been handling your job very well. I'm the good shepherd. I am the king. I am the one who is here to protect and lead and care for the people. I am the one to set the boundaries around the kingdom. I am the one to speak into it so that they would be taken care of in ways they have not been. And that's who Jesus is for you. As your king as your shepherd, the voice that speaks into your life to lead you into those promises of God, the voice that cried out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Very words that fly from our lips and our hearts oftentimes, and that very voice that rose from the grave and said, Mary, as he looks at all of you and calls you by name, risen from the grave, alive to be your good shepherd, be your king. How good it's going to be to hear his voice when he comes back. Can you imagine what it'll sound like? Amen. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for speaking into our lives through the very word of God, your son, Jesus. As he was the word made flesh and the word that continues on and the word that continues to speak into our ears and our hearts that point us to the forgiveness you have given us through that very word and promise, through Jesus himself. We pray that you give us ears to continue to hear his voice and separate it out from all the others as we long for that voice and look for all that he would do and continues to do for us to lead us through the valley of the shadow of death, lead us through good pastures, and lead us into the sheepfold where your love is shown and your protective care is ever-present. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to rise as we sing together.